I'm sure you've heard the expression, cash flow is king, or maybe cash flow is queen. What do you think of that? I think it's true. Cash flow is lifeblood. It, it's literally dependable revenue streams because this is the goal. Many of us as coaches, as facilitators, consultants, trainers, you know, have to ask ourselves, where is the next dollar or euro or pound or something else coming from? Where's the next project coming from? You know what I mean. You've got clients, but then work stops or work comes in, but on an intermittent basis. And this leads to a lumpy forecast. You may have a busy January, but then a quiet May. You may have a hectic September, but then a quiet January. And this is a really big bugbear for many of us out there working for ourselves. Those of us who sell our expertise for a living in terms of consultancy or projects or programs or workshops, something arrives, it's great, it occupies us for a while, we've got the money, but then nothing comes to replace this. And everyone working out there in your shoes and my shoes has been through or is going through these patches of inconsistent uh, and inconsistent revenue streams. But the experienced ones among us have figured out that consistent revenue is essential, not just for cash flow, but for peace of mind. So when you can get them, and we'll focus on this today in today's episode, retainers help to eliminate the unpredictability of revenue streams into your business. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett-Hayes. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark. It's Thursday. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but every single Thursday without fail, an episode of the Training Business Podcast comes out for you, whether it's on Apple, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other platforms out there. Too many to mention. In fact, you'll find episodes of this show, past, present, and future waiting for you. You only have to click subscribe. There's a hint. Please click subscribe because this validates what I and the team do every single week. And it gives you a heads up of episodes as they come out. It costs nothing and takes only a couple of seconds to click on subscribe. So please, please click on subscribe. It means the world to me and to James and to Sam and the team. So before the music, I mentioned something, and if you're thinking before I continue, why am I listening to the show? Well, I'd like to think that you're someone like me. If you're a trainer, a coach, a facilitator, a consultant, someone who, with your experience in learning and development, develops programs, develops workshops, programs, sells them to people who need them, are willing to pay for them, this is what the show is all about. So every single Thursday, I like to bring you either guests or, as is the case today, a one-to-one -one episode where we do a deep dive or drill down into something to help you in terms of your business acumen, your business development. And this is why the show is called the Training Business Podcast. There's the hint. It's not just about training. It's about the business end of training, marketing, sales, developing relationships with people who can buy you, whom you can serve and building an income stream on that basis. Now, I've struggled with many of these things. I'm never going to say to you I'm an expert in these things. The reason I do this show is because these things are on my mind. 
And I like to talk these things through. I get great feedback from people like you who write to me, and you can do so via mark at trainingbusiness.com. And share me your thoughts. If there are things you agree with, disagree with, things you'd like to suggest, things you'd like to hear on the show, please let me know. This is for you. This show is for you. It's for people just like you and I. So I mentioned before the music that something that's quite pertinent right now, because I've just, well, I'm in the process of finishing a retainer agreement with a colleague of mine and a client that we've been doing business with for the past year, quite successfully, in fact. And we now feel it's time to move up a gear. And we've proposed a retainer, which I'll define in a moment, to this client. And they're actually happy to proceed. So we're fleshing out the terms and conditions and the legalese to make this palatable to both sides. So let's stop there for a moment. What exactly is a retainer. I mentioned this before the break, before the music. A retainer is, and I've written down this definition for you, a retainer is an arrangement, an agreement between you and your client to pay you on a consistent basis for a defined period in exchange for your services rendered over the long term to them. (gasps) I think I need a breath after that one. One more time. A retainer is an arrangement, an agreement between you and your client to pay you on a consistent basis for a defined period in exchange for services rendered by you to them over the long term. I have written that down. I'm not learning that off. So think of it this way. Rather than payment upon completion of a one-off project, instead, what you get is a client willing to go further. They agree to retain your service for a defined amount of time. Think of it like a subscription to your training, a subscription to your consulting. It's a subscription to you. Think of it like Zero for accounting. Perhaps you've heard of Zero before. It's an accounting platform. I use it. It allows me to see my accounts receivables. In other words, the money which is owed to me because of training programs coming up in February or March or April or May. I can see the the income that's owed to me past, present, and future. I can see my balance sheet, my profit and loss account, etc., etc. Or FreshBooks. Perhaps you use FreshBooks. FreshBooks is a similar platform in some respects. It's used by many freelancers who charge on an hourly basis, perhaps as a consultant. But the thing is that both of these are examples of what's called software as a service. Software as a service. We're not installing these on our computers, our laptops, our, um, you know, desktops. We're using them by accessing them on a retention model. Companies like this because it gives them recurring revenue. Zero and FreshBooks want you to keep paying them. Spotify every month gets $14.99 from me without fail. It sits in their account every single month, comes in. Netflix gets $9.99 every single month. And this is advantageous to both parties. Both sides get something from this. So in a training or learning and development provider context, it's advantageous for your client to have a retainer with you because they have access to you, your programs, your people on demand. They have regularized access to your online learning, your office hours. They don't have to go out to the marketplace and hunt for new providers every time that a new requirement comes up. So we're eliminating risk for them, but we have to earn the right to make that happen. And it's advantageous for you as a training provider. 
facilitation coaching provider because you have predictable income streams. This is regularized income for you, for your team, for your business, which means you don't always have to go hunting for new clients. Okay, this is really important. Now, is it always possible? No, of course not. For some people, we're not ready. For some people, we're just not because of our size, our expertise, or other reasons like that. We're not eligible to be on a retention model because, well, maybe legal or procurement in that organization don't see us as a fit. Some organizations have very tight restrictions about whom they list as approved vendors. There's a whole series of hoops to go through for some companies. That's the subject for another podcast episode, I promise you. But just keep it simple for now. The advantages of regularized or retention or retainer-based income are more than just the income. Here are a couple of ideas. Having a retention model is a sign that your relationship with your client is moving to the next level. It's like they're saying, we trust you, we depend upon you, we now see you as one of us, or at least someone we trust indoors as opposed to knocking on the door from the outside in. We're willing to maybe share more with you, give you more work. Um, And it's an opportunity then to develop relationships within your client's organization. Think of all the business units you'd love to talk to, the departments you've not yet been introduced to, the decision makers you've not had conversations with. A retainer model is your chance because it's a sign that you're now on the inside and other people might talk to you and see how you can help their people, their teams, their business, solve their problems. The third thing is that it's a chance for you to learn more about your client, about their goals, about their plans, about their needs, to get really close to the people who have particular business issues and understand their ownership of those issues and solve those issues. And also, in a strategic sense, it's your chance to lock out the competition, or at least to make it harder for other training providers to replace you, to displace you. And this is key because one of the things that drives many people crazy is this worry about who else might come in once my project's over. Will they hire me again? Will they find someone else instead of me? How do I ensure that I'm adding value, that I'm on the inside, that people trust me, and it's then harder to displace me? When I've been approved as a vendor, when I have a retention model in place, it's in the company's interest to use me, to help me, to help them. And when you're self-employed or a small business owner, with a retention model, you can begin to plan financially. You can think of taking on a VA, a virtual assistant, or creating a budget to do more things like marketing or developing content. It's really hard to do these things if you can't say where the next check is coming from or if it's coming at all. And think of what that leads to. It leads to uncertainty and doubt and stress, which can and often has a huge impact on mental health. And I know this because I haven't always done it this way. You really want to strive to create some kind of dependable income streams, and it's not easy, particularly in this business or any business where you're working on the basis of developing your own content, your own programs, your own products, and you're involved in selling those things. So let's make this really simple and practical. Let's think of some examples of retainers. So I've got three examples here. Let's think of a leadership trainer. Maybe if we think of this as a retainer model, 
you might sell a 12-month program to include 10 hours of training each month, supported by one-to-one leadership coaching. You might then, as part of this retainer, include some diagnostic tools, some training needs analysis, and altogether you'd agree a package where the client then gets access to you for maybe X number of hours or X number of programs on a rolling basis for, let's say, 12 months. Okay, that's a simple example. Or, listening to this, you're a management trainer. You could agree to provide ongoing onboarding to new cohorts of managers. So your client might say to you, look, we're hiring new managers for this new business unit um, in March and we'll see a need to upskill, to onboard, upskill, develop, and retain these managers. And we want you to help us to develop a program over the next 18 months. So you map out that program, the client agrees to retain you against specific milestones, and they, in exchange, agree X euros, dollars, pounds per month, and it rolls in on a monthly basis. Again, that's an example of a retainer. Or maybe you're a workshop facilitator, you sell a package of workshops on demand, and then there's an agreement in place to facilitate maybe a leadership retreat or something else as part of this package of workshops. It's up to your client to use that bundle of workshops. You could maybe offer to sit in on X number of hours of management meetings each month and facilitate those give your feedback, and so on. You get the idea. You're thinking of ways to add value, but do so in a defined way in exchange for earned business. This could be a six-month, a 12-month, 18-month, 24-month agreement. And what's common here in all of this is selling. So for those of you who are not comfortable with selling yourself, this is the bad news, because you're going to have to sell the idea of a retainer, not just to your client, but often the people behind your client who make procurement decisions. Your client may not ask you for this or help you to shape it. So you really need to put some thought into it. Now, I'm lucky insofar as my colleague and I have put some thought and have had some time with our client in the last two weeks shaping this out further. So think of the recurring services that you would like to provide or could provide or will provide to one or more of your clients. Ask yourself, how frequently is someone availing of X program? That's a sign that something could be right for a retention program, a retainer, where they're coming to you on a frequent basis for X. Would it not make sense to lock this in where they've access to this on demand? You might price this in a way that's worth their while, signing up for a year's training, a year's subscription to you and your team, or just you, your consulting, your online learning, etc. What is the advantage to that rather than this stop and start model? Now, this is not to say that, as I said, everyone will want a retainer model from you. Not everyone's ready for it or even able to, to use it properly. So this often works where organizations have consistent needs, where there is a company that typically expands, develops new teams, hires people, or there are clients of yours that see a churn where we have a revolving door of talent coming in and leaving, talent coming in and leaving. And they find themselves frequently going to market and looking for people who can train their people to meet those needs. So a recurring relationship is actually 
great for both parties. Are there disadvantages to this? Yes, but actually not too many. You may have to provide, though, an attractive package, and you might find yourself discounting your services on a 12-month or six-month basis. Now, you have to figure out if this is financially viable. You have to also meet the terms of the agreement. If you commit to that 12 months or six months or 18 months or 24 months, you might have to discount further, depending on the length of that time period, and also be willing to meet their availability requirements. You really can't be on a retainer and then not be available. And that is really important. You're signing up to a long-term commitment, and this is key. You have to be available to meet those terms, that uh, commitment from your client or expected commitment by your client. To bring my story into context here, I've recently agreed a 12-month retainer with someone. I'm in the process of retaining, in conjunction with a colleague of mine, another 12-month one. And it's on a nine hours per month basis to be drawn down as the client sees fit. What does that mean? So what we've sold or are about to sign off is a retainer where the client will have access to training, some masterclasses, some one-to-one coaching and group coaching, but they'll do so in a way that suits their requirements. What do I mean? So for example, let's say Q3 is busy, Uh, but Q2 is busier, we might say they can draw down a couple of nine hours, a couple of the nine hours from Q3 and use them in Q2. And people like that. They like flexibility. That's something that really is important in a retainer, that people see you're able to give them options. They can use those nine hours as they see fit for a program on management training or coaching or group coaching or one-to-one coaching. And in agreement, they get that access we get that commitment to pay us. It works very well. The payment terms, of course, is a discussion in itself. Some people will charge in advance. Some people want payment per quarter in full. Some people pay at the beginning of each quarter. Some people want 12 months in advance, meaning you might, in return for a discount. So this is really something you can have fun with. Well, I wouldn't say fun, but you can think creatively. You can think of what works for both parties. You really have to be approachable and flexible. Be willing to bend a little. Be willing to discount a little. Be willing to ask for more and to give more, just like in everything else, I guess. So when you think of it, the retainer is something that has to work for both parties, and it does work extremely well when it works for both parties. You get your consistent, dependable, predictable revenue check money coming into you, into your business, your team, every single month, if that is the agreement, or every quarter. Or you might actually be lucky and get someone to commit to 12 months and get them to pay in advance. Now, this is what many software companies do. You might be on such a contract where you pay in advance for 12 months or of Netflix or Spotify. It's the same kind of idea. It's a subscription model But in this business, we call it the retainer model because we're being retained to provide services. Someone else I know who provides corporate training markets herself as, I like this bit, a trainer on a retainer. I love that. That's really clever. She markets herself as a trainer on a retainer. And what she's done is she has created several tracks for management teams. So things like diversity and inclusion, team building, communication skills, 
management development, etc., etc. So she's put together this range of tracks, and the retainer means that she provides X number of hours to her retained client. The team in that client gets to pick from that menu of tracks, self-defined, clearly defined, outlined tracks, modules for DNI, diversity and inclusion, team building, communication skills. It's up to the team themselves to draw down or use those agreed number of hours every month, and they get to pick as long as they get paid, or she gets paid, I should say. So what she's done is she's sold in advance, fully paid up six-month tracks to that organization, and several of them, in fact. And this is great because this is really helpful. The company, the client, gets access to this consistent quality, this consistent provider of consistently good training, inclusion, DNI, inclusion, diversity, team building, communication skills, management development. Those are prepackaged with their own terms and conditions, and she sells those rather than selling the training. This is the mind shift here. Rather than selling the training, she's selling the retainer in which the training is. So she is getting that steady, dependable revenue stream, but the client is getting access to those packages in a way that suits them. Now, it just so happens that she has other trainers or associates on staff to make this work for her. It might not suit your business, but in many respects, this is great news. There are clients out there, I'm sure, who might be willing to talk to you about how you could um, be on their books as a an approved vendor, a supplier, using a retention model where there are advantages to them and advantages to you. So questions to ask yourself, if I go into coaching mode right now, okay, just bear with me. Questions to ask yourself here. What is the cost-benefit analysis of such an arrangement to you? You might want to talk to your colleagues or your loved ones or your accountant or all of them. What is the cost-benefit analysis of such an arrangement for your business? It needs to work for everyone. How able are you to handle the work that might come your way from being retained by one of your clients? And the introductions that that might lead to Could you provide training, facilitation, coaching to other departments, other business units, other stakeholders in that client company if it comes to that? How can you position the value of a longer-term engagement to your client right now? This is a tricky thing because sometimes people think of us as just providing a program, okay, a workshop. How can we change that paradigm and introduce to them the concept of charging on a longer-term basis in exchange for consistent access to you, your team, your products, and so on? What is the quid pro quo, the trade-off there? Who has the power to say yes to this? It might not be your client. It might be someone in procurement. It could be a senior decision-maker. Who is that for you? This is something to give thought to before you propose a retainer. What would make this a no-brainer for your client? There's another question. What would make this so attractive to your client that they say, yeah, sign me up. This is great. 12 months of you absolutely love what you do, love the programs, love your other trainers, or it's just you maybe. Um, This is something we need to explore. What would make that person say yes to this or be willing to explore this further? Next question. What would need to be in each package or track or stream or program? or series of workshops. You've got to be careful not to put too much on the menu in case you can't deliver. 
Okay, if we charge for this, you have to meet that expectation. If you charge for this and don't meet that value expectation, you're in trouble. So be confident that what you're proposing is something you can deliver upon. So what should be in that package, that stream, that track, that program for that cohort, for that group of people? What belongs in there? How would you price this up? And what's involved in designing it, developing it, delivering it, and supporting it, embedding it? Next question, how willing are you to negotiate? How willing are you to negotiate? To negotiate the minimum contract length, the terms and conditions, the pricing, the structure, the support, all of these things could be the subject to discussions. And often when we get into retainer models, we find other people become involved, people we've not yet met on the client side who might want to influence or decide decide which shape this retainer model takes. People in legal, people in procurement, managers of your clients, and that kind of thing. How much notice would you expect in advance of bookings? So if someone is on a retainer model, they might want to, they may want to, you know, um, give you only X amount of notice before commissioning a program from you. They may expect that you're able to deliver more than you are actually able to deliver. So it's really important to clarify expectations. How much notice would you expect them to give you in advance of bookings as part of this 6, 12-month, 18-month retainer program? And something else to keep in mind, where might there be scope creep? This has happened to me, where a client might sneakily try to include something extra. Not on the menu, not on the track, not on the program, but something they think they'd like to slip in there. And sometimes this leads to a little bit of, um, you know, I would say boundary testing, have you the confidence to say, this is not in there, this is not what we agreed, this is not what we priced up, we need to think of this as something else. So how would you handle that? It's a valid question. How would you handle this if someone thinks they can take advantage? And clients often do. There is sometimes an element of scope creep where people add things in or try to add things in there which were not part of the parameters of the agreement. So my question to you is, how would you handle this? And what else can you think of today? In wrapping up here, just think about the advantage to you of retainers. They're good for you, usually good for you, if you're able to handle them, if you can stick to them. They're great for your business, for peace of mind, and of course, predictable revenue. But also, think about this. They are a sign that you are deepening and strengthening the relationships that you need with the people who pay you to deliver what they need. That, to my mind, is massive validation. There is, of course, a fresh episode of the show next Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. Please subscribe because it costs you nothing, takes a couple of seconds and validates what James, Sam and I do each week, every Thursday, in fact. And drop me a line. You can reach me via mark at trainingbusiness.com. If you have questions, suggestions, please let me know. I reply reading each email individually and reply personally. If you've got questions and if there are things I can help you with, I will. If I can't, I will direct you towards someone who can. All I ask is that you subscribe and please let other people know about the show. I do this willingly every Thursday and I look forward to hearing from you. So until next Thursday, when I expect to hear you back here again, listening to the show, keep leading, keep selling, keep going. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.